So grateful to worship with you today. Welcome. So thankful for the team and for Pierre and Mariah being with us today. Just grateful for when they are able to come out and, and serve with us. And um, my name is Corey. Uh, I serve as a teaching pastor here at our, our Plain City campus. And um, we are, I just want to say thanks. If you were here last week, we had Braden Rodriguez from, from our Delaware campus come and teach last weekend. And Braden did such a good job walking us through Psalm chapter one was thankful for him. Today we are wrapping up our, our series in the Psalms called, called Playlist. And each week we've been looking at a different genre of, of the Psalms and seeing how they encapsulate and they communicate different emotions and feelings and hopes and, and fears, the same emotions and feelings and hopes and fears that, that we have today. And in doing so, we've been saying that, that the Psalms has something for all of us, right? That, that regarding every season of life, the Psalms have something for us. And because of this, our, our big idea has been that God writes the lyrics of our souls in the Psalms. And so if you're new to, to LifePoint today, we're so grateful to, to have you with us. I want to let you know that big idea, along with the message notes, can be found by going to lpguest.com in the web browser of your phone. That's lpguest.com, or you can scan that QR code on the back of the chair in front of you. It will take you to message notes. It will also take you to a digital guest card that takes less than 60 seconds to fill out. At the bottom of that card, you're going to see five ministries we're already partnered with. You can pick the one that means the most to you, and we'll make an additional $5 donation to that ministry. That way you can do something kind for, for us today. Um, but this morning, we're going to be wrapping up our, our series in Psalm 27. Psalm 27. So if you've got your Bible, and I hope you do, or you have your Bible app, would you go find Psalm 27 with me today? Psalm 27 is, is written by David, and what we're going to do today is a little bit different. We're going to kind of bounce around between the verses of this psalm, and we're going to do so in, in looking at David's situation, where he was at during this psalm. We're going to be looking at David's confidence that he exuded during what he's going through. We're going to look at his anxiety. We're going to look at his trust, and we're ultimately going to look at his response and my hope for us is that we see how this psalm can relate to us today, but how it also teaches us some things today. So let's just jump right in. David's situation. David's situation. What is David going through in this psalm? What are the circumstances he's dealing with in, in this psalm? We find them in verses 2, 3, and 12. Let me read them for us. David says this, When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh... My adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamps against me, my heart shall not fear. Though a war rise against me, yet I will be confident. Verse 12, he says, false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. We, we see David here, as we've seen before, a time when he is either on the run, facing difficulty, facing violence, surrounded by trouble. And he lets us know that these troubling circumstances have come about by, by an adversary or an enemy or evildoers or foes, like he describes them in these verses. And, and David describes what's going on for us using military terms. Did you notice them? Terms like assail, encamp or, or make war. 
right? He's giving us this imagery of an enemy army that, that goes into warfare and surrounds a city, uses siege warfare to cut off supplies, starve out those who are inside. And then at the opportune moment, the enemy attacks and the enemy kills and the enemy destroys. And like we just said a few moments ago, we've been saying that the Psalms have something for us regarding every season of our, our, our lives. And I believe Psalm 27 is one of those Psalms that, that remind us, it reminds me of those times when we are surrounded, right? Whether it be just by our, our schedules or life or work is exhausting or school is exhausting or, or maybe we're going through marriage struggles or broken relationships or friendships, issues with finances, health issues, right? I, I was just talking to a close friend of mine the other day, and we were just checking in with each other how we're doing, and, he, and he's got three kids, right? And he, and he says this to me. He says, man, he goes, we're just going through it right now. He said, my youngest, my youngest is on the third round of strep throat in the last month and a half, and he's like, oh, by the way, today he's just throwing up and has a fever of 102 degrees, right? He's like, my, my middle kid, he's on his third round of strep also. And, and oh, by the way, he broke his foot after he got his cast off his foot. He went on a trampoline and busted up his knee uh, on, on the other good leg, right? His oldest, right, has been sick on and off. His wife has had migraines for months and months straight and he's like, the cherry on top of it, Corey, he's like, all of it is this. It's like, we have a brand new refrigerator that is dinging 24-7 that says a door is open and no door is open. He's like, it's like a reminder to me of all that's going on. Like, when I think we're clear, the refrigerator is like, ding, no, you're still in it. Ding, no, you're still in it, right? And, and he got serious for a moment, and, and he just said with me, he's like, you know what? He goes, can I be honest with you? He says, I just really believe when the devil wants to attack our family. He does it through our kids and he does it through sickness for us. And he says, man, it just feels like I'm surrounded right now and we just got to get back to some sense of normalcy in our lives. Right? Have you ever been there? You ever find yourself there? I, I, I know, I know we have, right? I know we have. Life is closing in engulfed in, in difficult circumstances, under spiritual uh, attack, surrounded by trouble, right? It's like things are just beating down on you, wave after wave is coming, and you're just trying to, to just get your head above water, to just get a, a gasp, a breath of, of air. It feels like, gosh, everything around me is encamped against me and coming against me. Right? And at these times, we use similar language to what David said. We said, hey, because of life circumstances, it's like we're being eaten alive by the things around us. And I got to tell you, sometimes this is just going to be a result of us living in a broken and fallen and sinful world. Jesus says in John chapter 16, on this earth, you will have many sorrows, you will have many trials. And that is true. But what's also true is many times we experience very real spiritual warfare in our lives. That we have a very real enemy, the devil, who just attacks and surrounds and encamps and throws lies at us and breathes out violence against us. 
Peter, in, in 1 Peter 5.8, says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Right? Why? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone whom he can devour. My two boys and I, we were just sitting at the kitchen table last week talking about this verse and how the devil is looking to trip them up at as early age as possible, how he wants to entice them with things, surround them with things in order that he may devour them with those things later on that he'll use anything he can in their life to harm them, to make war against them, to destroy them. How he'll use social media, how he'll use broken relationships, how he'll use lust or substances or past hurt or unresolved conflict, that he's constantly looking for a foothold, prowling around, right? We, we see him in the Old Testament in Job. We, we see him like walking the earth, when God's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just walking the earth, prowling around. Ephesians 6 tells us that, that we're not fighting against flesh and, and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and against authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. You see, sometimes it is just life in a broken world, but other times it's a very real spiritual attack. And I want to just reiterate something we talked about a few weeks ago in this series, right? When these moments come of being surrounded, of being attacked, of being overwhelmed, whether by life or the enemy, I want to let you know you are not alone. If you're going through that right now, that is not something that's you, unique to you. And I say that because the devil, he loves to isolate us. He loves to just kind of get us off all by ourselves and think, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one experiencing this. It's part of how he loves to attack. So you're not the only one, right? Peter, right after he writes that verse we just read about the devil prowling around, do you know what he writes in the very next verse? He says, stand firm. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. He says, remember, right? This lets us know we're not alone. He says, remember, your family of believers all over the world, he says, is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And I share that because what we see in Psalm 27 here is if David, a man after God's own heart, is going to face attack from the enemy, if he's going to face obstacles and difficult circumstances, well, then you better believe so are we. So this is David's circumstances. This is what he is dealing with in this psalm. And in the midst of it, we see David's confidence. He's got amazing confidence in the midst of all that's going on. In those verses we just read, he's being attacked and he says, hey, it's going to be the enemy who stumbles and falls. He says, although I'm surrounded, my heart won't fear. Although there is war coming against me, I will have confidence. Where does David get this confidence from? Because, I mean, I want some of it, right, when that happens to me. Well, if we go back to verse 1, if we just jump back to verse 1 for a moment, David writes, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. He says, whom shall I fear? He says, the Lord is my stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be uh, afraid of, right? David's confidence comes from and is birthed in who God is. And he says here, hey, the Lord is my light. And light signifies understanding. It signifies joy. It signifies life. He says, the Lord is not only my light, but my salvation, He's my rescue. That's what salvation means. He's my rescue. He's, my, he's the one who preserves me from harm. 
But he says also the Lord is my stronghold, signifying defense, fortification, security. Right, in essence, here's what David is, is saying here. He says, hey, God, God is my joy. God is my life. God is my protector. God is my understanding for all things. God is my rescuer. God is my fortified defense in the midst of all the craziness that I will face. And so with him on my side, David says, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anyone. I'm not afraid of anything, right? David has this, this moment, this eight, Romans 8.31 moment, where he's just exhibiting, if God is for me, who can be against me? Right? David is, is understanding kind of the, the divine mathematics of one plus God equals an unconquerable majority in our lives. This is where his confidence is coming from. Right? And, but here's what's amazing. David's confident that he's still got very real emotions and feelings that fluctuate just like you and I do. That even though he's, he's confident, he goes from being confident in the Lord to all of a sudden he exhibits anxiousness. Look at verse 7 with me. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me. Answer me. Have you, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn your servant not away in anger, right? Oh, you who have been my help. He says, cast me not off. For, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and mother, they may leave me, but the Lord, he will take me in. Right, we read the first half of this psalm and it's easy for us to think, right? David, with all of his confidence, is he's got it all together. That he's some kind of super Christian who, who's following the Lord and it's just easy for him. And when trouble comes along, well, he just, he just, just, just breezes right, right through it. But verses 7 through 10 show us another side of David here, a very real side. Right, that the one who sought after God with so much passion, sometimes he lets us know feels like God doesn't hear him at all. Right? There, there's a tone of anxiousness to David's words in verses 7 through 10. Listen to what he says again. He says in verse 7, be gracious to me and answer me. Right? In other words, he's saying, God, I have been praying. Do you hear me, God? Are you going to respond? Are you going to answer? In verses 8 through 9, he says, you have said, seek my face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide your face not from me. In other words, God, you told me to come to you, and I'm coming to you, but it feels like you're nowhere to be found, like you're hiding from me. Have you ever found yourself there? praying, seeking God, being obedient, and you're like, God, are you even there? Are you going to answer me? Is anyone home? I'm doing everything you asked me to do. Why does it seem like you're nowhere to be found? Right? David is experiencing, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, another one of these emotional roller coasters. Right? He was up confident in the Lord. Now he's kind of down and anxious because of all that's going on. And in a moment's notice, in verse 13, he's back up again. And he exhibits trust in the Lord. Verse 13, he says, I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David is looking forward here. He's saying, hey, despite my enemy, despite my circumstances, despite my emotions and feelings being all over the place, I'm going to trust in the Lord. 
David knew that God, one way or another, would, would find a way to show God's goodness in his life, whether in the present life or the next. And this trust in, in the goodness of the Lord led David to say in verse 14, Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. And he says it again, wait for the Lord. David's trust in the Lord led to some amazing words of encouragement for us. Wait for the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, right? I'm terrible at waiting. Just being honest with y'all, I'm terrible at waiting, right? My wife will tell you, my kids will tell you, like we go to a restaurant, we made the reservations and we're still waiting. I'm like, what was the point of making the reservations if we're not seated at the time we said we were going to be here, right? I'm in traffic and I'm like, all right, which joker is slowing all of this down? Let's go. Come on, right? Right? And it's always the morning you're late, right? And speaking of being late, like I'll be out the door and I'm impatient waiting. I'm like, where's the family? Where are we at? Like, what do you mean you don't have shoes on? Of course you need water. You can't go anywhere without water, so go get the water, boys. Like, you know, you mean it's a, where we're at. I'm, I'm impatient there. And I'm the same way, if I'm honest with you, in waiting on the Lord in my life a lot of times. I'm like, God, where are you? How haven't you answered? You haven't answered this prayer yet. You haven't showed up. I'm still in difficulty. I still feel like I'm surrounded. God continues to refine me, and he's so patient with me in this area. I'm so thankful for his mercy and grace as he works on me in this, in this area of my life. But David gives us extremely wise words here. And they're extremely wise for us because when we're surrounded, when we're being attacked, right, when our emotions are all over the place, when we're wondering, God, what are you doing? When are you going to show up? What do we do? Right, let's just, let's just be honest, just us in the room today. What do we do? Right, when those things are all going, here's the temptation. We go, you know what? I've got this on my own. I'm going to rely on my wisdom. I don't know what God's doing, but like I'm just gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on my own strength now. I don't think He's showing up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna rest on my own thoughts right now. I'm gonna rest on my my own ways, right? It doesn't seem seem like things are slowing down. It doesn't seem like things are, are relenting. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna grab the steering wheel to this car. I'm gonna grab the wheel to the ship right now because I don't I don't I don't know what's going on. Things aren't relenting, right? I'm Italian. So this is where this comes from, okay? Like in these moments, we apply the Frank Sinatra philosophy to life, right? We're surrounded and we're like, I'm going to do it my way, right? That's what we do instead of waiting on the Lord. And, and, and in these moments, what do we do? We usually do one of two things. If you reflect on your life, right, we do one of two things, right? We either, when we're waiting on God, when things don't seem like they're letting up, we're either going to go run ahead of the Lord or we're going to lag way too far behind of him, right? Have you ever, no I don't know, maybe you've ever noticed that, right? Think about those times in your life. You know you've had them, right, for me, right? It's when I've just sprinted full go and I've taken off without God. I'm doing it my way. And I get to where I'm going and I'm like, all right, God, what are we going to do? And he's like, Corey, I'm, I'm, uh, you left me. I'm way back there. You, you ran way ahead of me. Like, I'm always with you. I'm never going to forsake you, but, but you went in your own strength on this. Now, you outran me in this situation. But then there's other times where I haven't outrun them where God's like, okay, it's time to move. It's time to go forward, right? And I stayed under the covers. I refused to take that next step. I didn't follow his instructions. And then I finally, like, pulled the covers off. And I'm like, all right, God, where are you? And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm up here. You needed to follow me. And you didn't. You need to catch up. It's time to catch up. Right? Have you ever found yourself there? 
This principle, I believe, plays out in the Old Testament with the nation of Israel and Joshua. Joshua is getting ready to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. They're standing on the banks of the Jordan River, right? All that they've gone through, this is the moment. And God instructs Joshua to tell the people, he says, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of your Lord, your God, being carried by the Levitical priest, then, only then, shall you set out from your place, and then you shall follow it, right? In other words, God was telling his people, hey, don't try to cross that river until I go first. Don't run ahead of me. But he says, when I move, y'all better get up and move with me. And when the the priests and the ark, when their feet hit the water, what happened? The Jordan stood up and everyone walked across on dry land into the promised land. What a lesson for us. David says, be strong, let your heart take courage. He says, wait on the Lord. Don't run ahead of him and don't lag behind him. So what's the practical application for us today? That when we're surrounded, when we're attacked, when our emotions are up and down, when we're waiting for the Lord, what do we do today? How do we walk out of here when these moments happen, right? Maybe you're in it today and you're like, please just just tell me something I can do today. Well, I think our application comes from David's response in this psalm. I think if we're going to take one thing away from today, it's this. We see David seek and settle into the Lord. We see David seek and settle into the Lord. Seems unbelievably simple. Seems cute. Seems exactly what a pastor or a Christian should say, right? But sometimes the simplest of things are the hardest for us to apply in our lives. Look at verse 4 with me. David says, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after. And he goes on this amazing description here. He says that I'll dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That I'll gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple For he'll hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He'll conceal me under the cover of his tent. He'll lift me on a high rock. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. And I will offer his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melodies to the Lord. You know what this is? You know what this description is here? This is a window into David's personal relationship with the Lord for us. It's a window into his personal relationship with the Lord. And here's what we see. We see public confidence, comfort, and trust in God comes from spiritual intimacy with God. All that confidence David had, the comfort, the trust he has, it is coming, it is, it is being birthed out of his spiritual intimacy, his relationship with God. Here's what David was doing. David was saying, God, I am seeking after your presence in my life. In all those verses, he's describing dwelling with the Lord, seeing the Lord, finding shelter in the Lord, protection in the Lord, seeing his feet stand on firm ground because of the Lord, serving the Lord, praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, praying to the Lord. That's all he's describing in those verses. That's what he wants in his personal relationship with God. He's, he's seeking the Lord. And you know what it reminds me of? What David reminds me of here? It reminds me of what Jesus tells us in the New Testament. What does he say? He says, I am the vine, you are the branches, 
abide in me. Right? David's abiding in the Lord here. It reminds me of our, of our core value here at LifePoint, our spiritual intimacy, where we're to have a personal relationship with God and that he grows us when we spend time with him in his presence. A reflective moment for you and I right now is this. Hey, are we asking for God to give us things? Are we seeking things in our lives more than we're seeking for God's presence to be in our lives? Only a question we can ask individually. But seeking and settling into the Lord, right? A vital part of that is our spiritual intimacy with God. It was a priority for David, one he wouldn't negotiate on, and may it be the same for us. But look at verse 7 also with me. We, we read them earlier, but let's go back to them here. He says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Right? The face of God is mentioned three times in these two verses, so we better pay attention to it. Right? The face of God, here's what it indicates. It indicates a determination for intimate fellowship of the Lord. Right? Notice David here, in the midst of the circumstances, in the midst of his trouble, David, he did not become angry with the Lord. He did not turn away from the, the Lord. Rather, David sought the Lord all the more diligently and all the more desperately. What we see here is this, is that when the enemy or the circumstances in our life are pressing in, right? David shows us where to press into the Lord. Again, seems simple, right? But how many times do we not apply this, as simple as it is? Because you know as well as I do, right? The easiest thing to do when, when life is tough or we're under attack, right, is to pull away from, from God. It's to get angry with God. It's to, what do we do when, when life's just overwhelming, when it's tough? What do we do? I, you know what? I'm just not going to go to church. I'm going to take the weekend off. I'm not going to show up to life group. Right? I'm going to go do life all by myself, isolated, which is exactly what, what the enemy wants you to, to do, right? It's so important for us to stay in community with one another. It's so important. I mean, term two of our life groups have launched. We want you in community with other people. Don't go through life alone. Don't be surrounded alone. Don't be attacked alone. Have some people around you to lift you up and to go through it with you together, pointing you back to the Lord, encouraging you to press into the Lord during that time. But not only do we do that, right? What else do we do, right? Have you been there? You know, I mean, I've been there. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. This just goes and collects some dust, doesn't it? We go to our own thoughts, our own ways. We haven't talked with the Lord in a week, two weeks, haven't prayed. That's the temptation for us in these moments. But what David shows us is that we're to seek the Lord's face and press into him all the more 
right? Practically, it's all the things, it's kind of the opposite of what we just talked about. Practically speaking, we seek the Lord by staying in his word, staying in prayer, staying in, in community through church and through a life group. It, it might just be to start serving some other people to get outside of yourself and put some other people first. It might just be, I need you, God, you to bring me to a place of praise and worship in my heart. It's not just music. Praise and worship isn't just music. It's the posture of our heart. In seeking and settling into the Lord, spiritual intimacy, pressing into the Lord. And the last thing we see David do in his response that's so good for us in these moments is in verse 11. He says, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me on the level path. David models for us here, thy ways, not my ways. Thy ways, not my ways. David is praying to God here, and he's got, this is a prayer of true discipleship. That life isn't about David's way, rather it's about the Lord's way. That in the midst of the chaos and the trouble and the fear and the emotions and the enemy, David's not asking for the easy path. He's saying, God, bring me to the the level path. When you want to go through life like that, when everything's doing this, wouldn't it be great just to be right there? I know I would. Right? So often we just ask for what? The easy way out. And in doing so, we'll look to the things of the world to hold us up, to provide relief for the things of the world to level, of, level us out. David doesn't want that. He says, don't go after the world, world's things. Go after God. Ask God to level you out. And it starts by his ways, not our ways. That's what battles that Frank Sinatra philosophy in our life. Teach me your ways, Lord. And David's asking God here, he's saying, God, I want you to be my stable place. I want you to be my secure place, my firm foundation, my level path. I got to wrap us up here really quick, but in, in times of attack, in times of being surrounded, right, assailed, spiritual warfare, know that they will come in our lives. But as we look at this psalm and we look at David's response and what we can apply to our lives, what if we began to seek and settle into the Lord during these times? What if we began to apply some of the things we see David apply? Imagine if in these moments that will come, we didn't lose sight of what God says is true and what God says is right. We don't lose sight of God's long-term plan. We don't lose God's presence in our lives. We don't lose sight of his everlasting promises in our lives. Imagine if we did not give in to temptation during these moments, that that we didn't panic and we didn't turn to the world and we didn't trust in our own understanding and we didn't rely on our own strength. Instead, what if we began to proclaim confidence and trust in the Lord and do so because our private obedience, our spiritual intimacy, the renewing of our mind And abiding in Christ is where it should be. Imagine if as difficult as these times can be in our lives, we could have a heavenly perspective on what's going on. So that we see God show up, part the waters, become our firm foundation and move us forward on dry ground. What if we had confidence and trust in the Lord, that when it seems like we're surrounded by the, the enemy and the circumstances of life and, and trouble, what if all of a sudden we're like, you know what's really going on? It's not just what I can see, but it's like Elisha in the Old Testament. What's really surrounding me is the Lord's army of heaven, right? If our eyes were opened, I believe that's what we would really see is going on so many times. Wouldn't it be great 
that when we walk through these things, these tough times, that we'd be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. That we would know no one can snatch us out of his hand. That he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And that we could know that if God is for us, who can be against us? And then move forward saying, whom shall I fear if that's true? Whom shall I be afraid of if the Lord is with me? Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, thank you for this journey we've taken in the Psalms, although short and brief. God, I pray that they have spoken to us. And I pray that we have seen how even though those moments we'll experience the emotional roller coaster of, of life and feelings, that we can bring you everything, that you can handle us, that you can hang, handle our questions and our doubts and our whys. But Lord, you, at that time, you ask us, bring everything you've got to me, press into me all the more. Lord, I pray that we would resist the temptation to go our own way, to turn to the world, but instead we would turn to your ways, we would turn to your goodness, we would turn to your, your protection, to your understanding, to your joy, to your mercy, and to your grace. And Lord, if there's someone here today has never experienced that because they don't have a personal relationship with you. If that's you today, if you're like, man, I've just been doing this my own way and I just need to turn to God today, you can. Again, it's one of the simplest things you can do, but it requires one of the hardest things you can do, which is just surrender. Just surrender to the Lord today. Say, today, God, I'm choosing you. I'm giving you my yes to following you. God, today, I believe that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died and rose from the grave. And I believe I don't have it all together. I am a sinner. And so I'm asking Jesus to come into my life. I don't want to move forward in this world on my own anymore. I want the promise of forgiveness of my sins and the promise of an eternity ahead. You just articulate that to God today the best way you can. And he will, he will come to live inside of you. He will be your God. He will adopt you into his family. And he'll never let you go. What an unbelievable promise. So Lord, today we close just saying thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for being our hope and for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.